Mr. Brightside by The Killers, one of the songs on my list. And the way the music on this show works is uh, I hear a song that I like, or they're all off my playlist, and I and I send it to, to Sarah and say, hey, Sarah, add this one, and she puts it on the list. And she also has permission to, to freelance a bit, and she brings in some of her music, too. So it's a bit of a blend. Primarily songs off my playlist, some from Sarah. But every time that I send a song to Sarah, well, not every time, but for certain songs, definitely, and say, hey, put this on our music list, I, I wonder if I need to remind her to make sure that she doesn't end up putting something on the air that's going to get us both fired. But then I remember who I'm talking about. It's Sarah. I, I don't have to remind her. She's on it. She's good. And she hasn't let us down yet. Um, and we use a song by Post Malone, for example, that would definitely get us both fired uh, if Sarah didn't make sure that we used a sanitized version to play on the radio. I remember one time I heard that same song uh, in, I think it was Safeway one day, and I still wonder who got fired for that because they did not play the sanitized version, and it was wildly inappropriate for a grocery store, <laughs> let alone anywhere else, uh, and totally unnecessary, too, because almost all of these songs have radio versions where the offending lyrics have been switched up, cleaned up, sanitized so they can get on the radio. It's nothing new. This has been going on for a long, long time, but that's not the only reason. There are other reasons at play here. Some of them um make sense. Some of them, you know, it's just what has to be done for the artist to remain true to themselves. So there's a lot going on, but like I say, it's nothing new. We're going to talk about this now with Adam Bear, a senior lecturer in popular and contemporary music at Newcastle University. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Good to be here. That's probably the most common and widely recognized instance of different lyrics on a song, right? Creating a version that can get radio airplay. And then another one, that the artist knows is never going to get radio airplay, but we, we that happens all the time. That happens all the time. It's common practice and has been for a long time to either record alternative versions or even before that to just bleep out uh, offending words. But it goes beyond foul language. I mean, that's obvious, easy, makes sense. I mean, I, I it's Christmas, and um, I think you know, last year or was it two years ago, the big to do around "Baby, It's Cold Outside," where the whole thing had to be redone by John Legend, not because of specific words, but the tone. I mean, sensibilities had changed, and it was no longer acceptable. That happens too, right? That definitely happens, and it's partly it's about lyrics, because lyrics, that when they're recorded, might be commonplace yeah. and accepted, but over time that shifts. So that's one reason why someone might feel that they need to change it, is something that was acceptable, or was at least deemed acceptable 20, 30 years ago, has fallen out of favour. Um, and it does go beyond lyrics. It's very difficult to rewrite a whole song, but emphases can be placed differently. That, that's where the, the, the re-recording and, and the reproducing of songs can, can come in. I mean, Baby It's Cold Outside is an interesting example, because actually the whole point was when that was written, uh, it was written in a more censorious time, and the lyrics were there to be obscure, to, to not offend sensibilities. But the, the the story behind that of him saying, well, the, the singer saying, well, no, you should stay. It's cold outside has become has become more well known. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, the obscurity of the lyrics is, is what makes it 
problematic to today's audiences. Is this a relatively new phenomenon, adapting to changing sensibilities? Because I can think of quite a few in the last few years. Dire Straits had an issue. I mean, that's going back a little ways. But has this something that's always gone on with popular music going back decades? Or is it relatively new where we see reworking of familiar songs? It's not new. I mean, as you say, Dire Straits was already, I mean, the song was released, what, 1985? And already by the, the 90s, you know, there were issues. There was a late 90s compilation album, offend, you know, cut the offending verse. It's accelerated now. I think it's more common now because audiences, interest groups have a much quicker and much more widely dispersed mechanism to to make their displeasure felt. Yeah. You know, 20, 30 years ago, you'd maybe write a letter to the newspaper or you might write into, you might phone into your radio station. But now you can be on social media in five seconds. And if, if there's traction to that, well, then that can cross over into into quite widespread sentiment very quickly. Yeah, exactly. And can come with some pretty severe consequences, too. Um, but are there also instances where the the sensibilities of the artists have changed not necessarily the audience of course they're going to adapt to the audience but um maybe like l l the rolling stones and brown sugar they don't do that anymore cuz it doesn't feel right to them anymore not necessarily a hue and cry from from the audience or the or the public saying hey that's not appropriate anymore it's more the the stones looking at it and saying you know what it just it doesn't feel right for us anymore so the artist sensibilities can i mean if you've been around as long as they have of course you're going to view the world differently than you did back in the 60s I think that's I think that's true. Um, I think it's a little more uh, tricky than that, though, because it's it's nuanced, isn't it? There's a feedback loop between the audience and the artist. So actually, in that, that case of, of Brown Sugar, I don't know what's in the in the, the mind of the Rolling Stones. My my guess is that there was a, a kind of strategic decision yeah. taken to to cut that from their set. You know, you read the interviews, uh, Mick Jagger is, is well, it's, it's not appropriate now. And, and Keith Richards is, is a little more ambivalent. <laughs> well, you know, we did, it's just a silly song. We didn't mean it then. We don't mean it now. Yeah. But OK, fine. So the, they, they do change in step. I mean, the Pogues fairy tale of New York that, you know, replaced an offending word. Uh, you know, that that was the decision was taken by BBC here, our, our radio stations, to replace you know that word with a ver another version from Top of the Pops that had used uh, a different word. Yeah. Uh, and there was a little a little bit of of some people were going, well, that's entirely correct. They should replace that word. And other people were saying, oh, I don't know. It's you know, it's it's sung in character. It's not. Um, it's not aimed at anyone. It's 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 sung character, and the band themselves said, "No, we're fine with it." Just, yeah, we we absolutely agree with the change. Yeah. So there is a, a, a feedback loop going on there. There certainly is, and, and you point out uh, at least a couple of instances in the piece you wrote in the conversation that I thought were just great. Like, just sometimes the reality has changed for the band. Like the Who, uh, talking about not wanting to get old. Well, now they're old, and that would be just silly. So, so they get, they went ahead and made a change. That happens too, right? Where it's just okay, things are really different now, and we better recognize that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's different ways of of approaching that. Some people can you know, play the song as was and say, "Well, look, here's something I wrote when I was 16." Pete Townsend's quite a 
uh, sort of thoughtful, philosophical songwriter. So it, it's in character for him to say, well, look, I'm going to adapt this song. Uh, others might might just leave, leave it as it is. Uh, you know, teenage kicks for something. It's, it's difficult to know how you would uh, sing sing that without, you know, it's sung from the perspective of a teenager. I think it, you can recognize that you've changed in different ways. And one of those is to actually do that within the song. <laughs> and like we said, Adam, this has happened since music started being recorded and it will continue to. There were, I mean, and that's what, that's a good thing, I think, right? We can sort of adapt, we can change and we can in some ways reinvent. It's something we should expect to see more and more of. It's, I mean, it's something that's been happening, as you say, for decades. It's not even unique to music. Uh, as technology sort of facilitates this, it makes it more seamless. You can change a lyric and, and no one would even notice. Well, it's even for films now, it's, you know, 20, 30 years, there's been director's cut this, yeah. special digital edition that. Uh, people have always gone back to their works and thought, well, I did this 20 years ago, but now technology is in place for me to uh, do it as per my original vision. Or there might be rights issues. Taylor Swift is re-recording all of her works because to to regain the rights to them. But some of those were recorded, you know, many years ago. And she's thinking, well, you know, if I wrote this now, maybe I'd do it a bit differently. Yeah. And she can. So she does. Why not? Makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, Adam, thank you so much. An interesting conversation. I appreciate your time.